Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, the Dirtle Magus, and with me as always is Nathan Golia. How you doing, Nate? Good, Zach. So, uh, how was your week in Magic? Uh, I had a pretty lackluster week in Magic. I just, uh, you know, basically uh, didn't get to play much, but I did uh, receive a uh, Dark Depths and a Umzawa Jite uh, from the internet, so that was pretty great. That's pretty sweet. Those are awesome cards. Yeah. Um, I played Legacy twice this week. Uh, I played a total of five rounds. I played Reanimator. Um, I went four and one over five rounds at two stores. So That's pretty nice. Yeah, you're like next undefeated lately, huh? Yeah, if I didn't play the uh, um, the first night uh, at this like a proxy tournament that I don't usually go to, I would have I would have a nice I would be able to say I haven't lost in three weeks, but I did lose one of those matches. I played against a kid. Uh, so I, there's this proxy tournament sort of near my house, like closer to where I normally go. Had some extra time, so I went up there. Kid shows up, and I got paired for round one, and he's like, I've never played Legacy before. I heard it's like turn three, take 27, and I'm like shuffling reanimator, trying not to like crack. I'm like, well, you never know. Um, the upshot is uh, he took uh, 27 by turn three. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he was playing Death and Taxes, and then like, so I was sort of like, well, I guess I have to actually play in case he has a Caracas. Like, I have to play hard, so my second, uh, in the second game, I got Iona on whiteout, <laughs> and he's sort of like, wait a minute, I can't do anything, so, anyway, I felt bad for so not representing. never playing Legacy again? No, he's never <laughs> playing Legacy again. Um, then I lost to Shardless Bug, because he just, like, had, like, infinite death rights and graph diggers cages. Uh, the next night was our uh, was our regular legacy night. We actually had ten players, which is the most I've had since we moved to Utah. So we're growing the community a little bit. That's sweet. Um, and I beat Eldrazi, Blue Red Delver, and Lands in uh, some pretty uh, some pretty fun games. Uh, pretty, I had like a half hour game one against Lands. And he could ended up like I ended up just like managing to sneak a tight spout tyrant out. He couldn't find he had like three cards left in his library and couldn't find his uh, dark depths. So like he was kept looking for a way to win and couldn't find it. Um, and I had tight spout tyrant just like enough things to keep like bouncing his maze of it. Oh yeah. So that I could attack. You know, every like four or five turns I would yeah, get an attack geez. in because like I draw a land or a counter spell. And uh, but he'd have to keep, and he couldn't get an exploration. It was it was a pretty fun game. Jeez. Anyway, that was my week. Um, so I think we got some interesting news for Eternal in that there's a supplemental set, so to speak, to Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah, we got the masterpieces, right? Yep, that's pretty great. Uh, so yeah, it's like the expeditions, but uh, these are the Kaladesh invention masterpieces. Um, so they're all artifacts. Yeah, yeah, you're getting like you know, chrome Mox and uh, uh, what Mox Opal, Mana Vault, Lotus Petal, uh, some some more casual stuff too, like uh, you know, Solemn Simulacrum and and Painter Servant uh, is is in there too. Uh, not that's necessarily casual, but like uh, what Chromatic Lantern. Uh, yeah. You know, there's some there's some nice little uh, the arts the arts cool. I'm expecting these are uh, probably really cool as far as um 
the uh, the foiling is concerned on them. So I, I, I'm excited about these. I uh, I think they look a lot nicer than the expeditions. I just felt the expeditions looked a little gray and washed out. Yeah, definitely. I mean that that wasteland that I opened, uh, I was like, this looks like nothing. It's just yeah. like someone drew a landscape and and submitted it. Not that the you know I'm sure the art was wonderful close up, but that that small just wasn't really doing it for me. Yeah, so you got like another uh, Mana Crypt reprint. We've got some new art. Lotus Petals, Painter Servant is a relevant legacy card that was creeping up there. Yep. Um, and, uh... I mean, let's be uh, honest. These aren't going to get any cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Ether Vial, which I'm yeah. still kind of hoping they reprint in Crucible of Worlds, so... Yeah, I looked up some the cool prices stuff. for some of this stuff. A Lotus Petal is, is currently $150, or maybe it's $200 or something like that. Mana Vault's Vault in that range as well. And that's a bummer because that's stuff that I would love to have like as a one of for my like for my vintage deck, but uh, not anytime soon, I don't think. No, definitely not at one hundred and fifty dollars for yeah, a Lotus yeah, Cheese. So expensive. I mean, opening one would, is like winning the lottery. It's super nice to have something like this. I I, I uh, think that overall this is a, a net positive for the Magic community to know that we're going to keep getting these sort of things every set now. Um, and I like that uh, it doesn't really affect standard at all, um, mm-hmm. these reprints. But, um, I, you know, the only people that I could see being upset about it is people who are, like, severely limited players. are like, oh, no, I'm going to lose to a sort of Feast and Famine at my next PPTQ or something. Uh, that's such a rare thing to have to deal with one of these cards. It's like one in every three boxes, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't even wrap my head around what would happen if you if this hit the table in a draft i mean not only is it one every three boxes but some of them are going to be like uh i don't know one of the gear hulks <laughs> static core i mean gear hulk's great you know as a yeah. mythic and in, in, in limited i'm sure that's awesome but like you know getting static orb or like you know ring of uh bright, bright earth earth. or something you know like that's that's gonna suck i mean losing to a mana vault or a mana crypt uh on off of turn one is gonna be a bummer but like you know the variance in that is such a small amount for the upside which is like everybody in the community basically gets like a free lottery ticket every time they're opening a pack yeah i agree i think these are cool i i I really really hope this is some sort of test balloon to figure out if they can get out of the reserve list at some point but god i hope that would be really great i mean I don't know how how much. Well, if a lotus petal from this is going for 150 now, I mean, how much is it going to go down? If one every three boxes. You know? Yeah, who knows? So, like, even if like the hundred dollar, that's a card you can. That's a common card. Like, how much would dual land be? I don't know. Yeah. Um. So we got a few more Kaladesh spoilers. They're going to release the whole set, I suppose, tomorrow morning. Relatives are recording, but yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, we got five cards here. We'll see if we think of any others, but, um, I'm going to start with, uh, the latest Planeswalker. Yeah. Dove and Bond. Two white and a blue. So, there you go. Already good. <laughs> Planeswalker, Dove in with three loyalty. Plus one. Until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three, minus zero, and its activated abilities can't be activated. Minus one, you gain two life and draw a card. Minus seven, you get an emblem with your opponents can untap more than two permanents during their untap steps. Hey, that's static orb. One side static orb. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you think? Um, 
I, I think he's probably... He's definitely standard playable, right? Maybe yeah. modern playable? I could see this being as good as, like, uh, Jace Architect, right? Yeah. Um, is he legacy playable? I don't know, man. His, his ultimate doesn't win you the game. That's a pretty important part of bit, having a Planeswalker, is, like, you have this thing that costs no mana that will eventually win you the game. Yep. Um... And it's not like this card isn't really fighting, you know, Liliana, let's say, is like the, the Planeswalker that I would I would put him on as far as, like, what it's doing in that deck. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, Liliana the Veil versus this guy, you're just kind of putting cards in your hand for Liliana the Veil to take out of your hand. Um, and your, your ultimate versus their ultimate, I think they still win. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's still playing Legacy. I just, you know, I thought we should mention it since it was the fifth Planeswalker released. Um, the only relevant thing that I thought might come up was that the plus one stops Deathrite Shaman. Uh, yeah, which can be true. a relevant thing. Uh, there's not a lot of ways to, you know, just... I mean, there are a lot of ways in terms of like things like Pith and Needle, but not something that also can gain two life and draw a card later on if you need to or something, so... Yeah. Um, I, I don't think this will see play, but I think it's a uh, um, an interesting card to have around, and maybe something that can be used in modern. There's just no way this is better than Jace, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. sorry, you can cast right? this, you can cast Jace. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Fumigate three white white sorcery. Destroy all creatures. You gain one life for each creature destroyed this way. So uh, I think uh, Tim Akinar said it best. They finally made a decent five mana wrath. But this is a decent five mana wrath for standard. Maybe for modern, I don't see this being played in legacy at all. Not as long as terminus exists, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, wouldn't you rather just have an uncounterable wrath in, uh, you know, supreme verdict? Right. I mean, there's no, there's not a lot of you know decks that you really need to like get a wrath down against. All the ones you do are. Uh... Are um, gonna win before you can cast this. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like you're not elves. gaining. You're gaining what two life, you know, yeah. on your average wrath in in, in legacy. Um, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cathartic reunion. One in a red sorcery as an additional cost to cast cathartic reunion. Discard two cards. Draw three cards. So this is a possible. Like, Dredge card, maybe? Maybe? Um, but I really like this in Modern uh, Storm, truthfully. Uh, casting this uh, off of a Pyromancer's Ascension is obviously ridiculous. Um, but, uh, you know, just... I, I think I like this more than uh, Desperate Ravings. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mean, we're seeing. Well, I guess what we're really seeing is just like they are going down this road with red card draw. Of you're got to give up a lot to get something back. Um, sorcery kind of kills it, I think, for legacy. I mean, there's just yeah. you, there's too much stuff you could do at instant speed. Um, but I think uh, it's something to keep an eye on that to see how how much how how much this keeps going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is it is worth mentioning just because it seems like they are still creating non-blue card draw. Uh, so that's, that's something to, to bring up at the very least. I'm thinking, like, something with that wants a discard outlet or has lots of options for discard outlet. You know, not just dredge, but maybe, like, lands, which plays red and not blue. So they're not going to play, like, Talarian Wind or something like that. 
Um, possible, maybe not. I guess like the interesting thing with this would be that you could like discard a couple lands and then like draw two, then dredge the third one if you're like digging for something you can't play out of your graveyard. Yeah, like an abrupt decay or something like that. Not for nothing, but if you're playing dredge and you can cast this, right? Um, you're discarding those cards first, mm-hmm. and then dredging. Yeah, I guess it, maybe maybe in this for the in the case of this card, discarding two cards. And thus two dredgers or two relevant graveyard cards mm-hmm. instead of one for tormenting voice. Yeah. I mean dredge can open on like City of Brass, Lotus Petal, this, and can be off to the races. Yeah, that I mean that's literally you're looking at Bazaar of Baghdad as a two mana card. Yep. Um they could also play Talarian Winds for you know, off those same cards, but is- there's reasons not to. I mean, you know, you don't maybe you need to keep some sort of hate in your hand in game two or three, like a nature's claim or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to uh, just get your dredge moving before uh, they get a graph degrees cage out or something. Of course. Something to look at. Uh, paradoxical outcome. Three and a blue instant. Return any number of target non-land, non-token permanents you control to their owner's hands. Draw a card for each card. Return to your hand this way. Man, uh, so vintage, right? Like mm-hmm. you were saying before, Moxes. But man, this card is a insane amount of value in uh, the uh, what's called blue. Uh, what's called the vault uh, Steel decks. City Steel City Vault deck? Yeah, I'm. I would be really excited to play like this is a one of in that deck. Um, it, it just and it also seems like it's a nice little storm enabler too. Yeah, I don't think so in Legacy because you don't have free artifacts or Talarian Academy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, it's pretty good if you can uh, get it off in Vintage. I mean, what's the like sort of defining board state of of the Vintage Super League this year? It's like Paul Rietzel with like a handful of nothing and but like 12 artifacts in play with an Academy. <laughs> like yeah. ripping this off the top would have been so good there. So, um Definitely, uh, definitely a card that I think will will get played in vintage or at least tested, which is which is nice. Yeah, um, something to look to look at at least. Era of innovation. Uh, this card is in some other language that I don't know, so I'm going based on the uh, spoiler site yeah, translation. Yeah. <laughs> One in a blue enchantment. Whenever an artifact or creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one. If you do, you get two energy counters. Mm-hmm. Then you can pay six energy counters and sacrifice this to draw three cards. It's a like a really shitty standstill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but no, I think this card has has potential in maybe uh, some sort of affinity deck. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about potential uh, cards for Legacy Affinity, and I uh, this versus Thoughtcast? I don't know. I think I still want to cast Thoughtcast. I think you still want right. Thoughtcast. Well, that's only two cards. This does draw three. Yeah, but you're paying so much extra mana. Like, you're technically paying five mana if you want, if you want this card to work. Yeah. Having to pay one unfortunately kills it. I want to say I read a, a previous translation of this that said it was an artifact or artificer creature. Maybe it is any creature, which probably makes it better. The one thing that 
I mean, there was some there's some artificer tribal in this in this set, and you know, Stoneforge Mystic is an artificer. Yeah. So I mean, theoretically, you could say Stoneforge Mystic triggers this twice um, in one card as well. So if you're that kind, if you're like a Stoneforge Mystic, like a controlly version of that deck, um, you thought sees them, you play this, you play your Stoneforge, and you know, if it lives to the next turn, you get your your batter skull down and you trigger the batter skull no that's not gonna work no you don't have enough mana never mind yeah because... it's just tough it's like yeah. this this card looks like it's like a step away from being playable um spending that mana to make the energy is like you know n- now that said you might want to use the energy for something aside from sacrificing it to air of innovation so if we get to a situation where uh, energy, two energy is worth one mana in, in a deck, and you want to use it for something more useful than drawing three cards, you know, that could be a situation. Yeah, we'll see what comes out tomorrow. I mean, there's there's some more energy cards coming out. None of them are for sure. super legacy exciting, but yeah, I, I was I would realize as soon as, as, soon as I was talking, you know, you, kept, you can pay one for the casting the Stoneforge Mystic, I guess theoretically, if you make all four land drops, you can do the Stoneforge Mystic Batter Skull trick and draw three cards. But that's probably never happening yeah, uh, on this earth. <laughs> so, uh, and plus, if you make all four land drops, there's probably so much more better stuff you can do. And that's assuming that uh, uh, that triggers twice, right? Like, does casting Signal Pest trigger this twice? No, but the living weapon trigger on the batter skull. Oh trigger yes, yes, yes. I see what you're saying. So you would on turn three, you cast a stone forge and pay one for casting the stone forge. Then when you activate stone forge, the batter skull comes into play. This triggers, you pay for that. The living weapon triggers, and you pay for that. Yeah, I got you. Then you then you rip three off the top, yeah. which would be sick. But um, I guess I mean. For me, the standstill difference is that you can play into this with standstill, yeah. and if you have like ins- a way, to, it's like a way to gain like incidental value. That yeah. um, let's see, if they abrupt decay, this are you better off than if they abrupt decay? What else? Whatever else they're doing, I don't know. You're putting a lot of mana into it, so probably not legacy playable. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking I would shy away from this until there's something, some reason to need energy. Yeah, I mean, I guess on like any any like let's say the token decks, you probably just would play Bedlam Reveler. <laughs> yeah, if you want to like just rip three cards after playing out your hand, Bedlam Reveler is probably a better payoff than this for sure. Yep. So, uh, too bad that it's uh, that you have to pay for it. They could have had a really cool card. Um, I don't remember if we talked about any vehicles last week. Do you want to explain the vehicle mechanic? Yeah, so vehicles have a casting cost. They're artifact creatures, basically, but they can't attack unless you crew them. So you have to tap a number of power uh, in creatures that you control equal to the crew cost to Mm -hmm. allow them to attack. Yep, and some of the vehicles have been interesting. This one that was literally just spoiled a few minutes ago I thought was was something worth talking about. It is Renegade Freighter. It is a three-mana artifact vehicle. Um, it is a 4-3 when it's activated. Whenever Renegade Freighter attacks, it gets plus one, plus one, and gains Trample until end of turn. The crew cost is two. Yeah, that's that's interesting because 
if you can, like, you know, turn one elf into, you know, turn two this thing, and then turn three, you're slamming in for five if you if you can play another creature. You can literally play the creature and tap it for this. It doesn't matter if that's summoning sickness. Yep. You know? Uh, you know, your Savannah Lions of, of whatever format are going to activate this automatically. So it's a pretty good price for, for what, three mana? It's a three mana, yeah, which yeah, is a nice that's, cost. That's a fine cost for a 5-4. Um, yeah, and I think it's something that's worth noting is that you can crew it on offense or defense. This only gets the, um, this only gets the uh, bonus when, it is, when it's attacking, but you probably aren't blocking in whatever deck you're playing this in. This is very true. <laughs> I think the best, the best way I've heard the vehicles uh, described is that you like sort of hide your early game creatures in them. So like when you can't attack with a dark confidant, you know, you you put it in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think our Phyrexian Revoker in an artifact deck though, I mean, that that's something a way to protect your Phyrexian Revoker but still make it a profitable attacker. Yeah. That's um, actually pre- that's pretty smart and I didn't think about how sometimes you just want to attack with Bob but you don't want to lose Bob. Yes, of course. On the other hand, sometimes you want to lose Bob when you're attacking with them. Well, yeah, then, then praying that they don't. Yeah, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Jund, and like you know, you like you do your Sylvan Library thing, and you really got to keep your uh, poker face on so they don't read that you're gonna flip like a Bloodbird Elf <laughs> next turn, and you're just like, I'll attack, and uh, <laughs> you know, maybe they maybe they think you're gonna get a lightning bolt or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I I think vehicles they, they were easy to make fun of early on. But I think someone will find a use for them. They they can be it's, it's like equipment. Like we might not know how powerful they are quite yet. Yeah. Um. Anything else that you thought of from this week in Magic? Um. Not a whole ton. Um. You know, I I, I I've been thinking about uh, like a blue red shell for for affinity, but I haven't really come up with anything. You know, I really want uh, what is it, Sh- uh, Shahili, to be to be a mm-hmm. card. Three mana planeswalker is hard to sleep on, but I'm just not seeing anything yet. Um, so I'm still still backpedaling on that. One thing that we should mention is that last week when we talked about um, the three cards you would get from her ultimate, uh huh, or or was it her ultimate? It's her ultimate. Yeah, yeah you her get three ultimate. artifacts. And I, I decided that uh, Lightning Greaves, Blightsteel, and uh, Spellskite are the cards to get. Yep, that's definitely probably right. Yeah, those uh. those are the best three I can think of, because then your opponent really has to waste two removal spells to to get rid of uh, your attacking haste, Blightsteel, trampling, you know, shroud. Just, <laughs> Jesus, how do you even deal with that over the course of two turns? Uh, I mean, you might only get one turn if there's if you don't have a blocker anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I, I the more I the more I think about this card, and I just I just like I can't believe you know I can't dismiss one blue and a red planeswalker. You know, I'm sort of like you, you know, in that way. Yeah. I just keep thinking like she's if she falls down to like a part part where I feel like picking up two or three. I just keep thinking like some sort of Delver deck where you copy your Delver and win, or you just, like, there's an empty board, and you just keep pinging them while you look for your next gas. Yeah, I think I think that, um, you know, three mana is is just playable in, like, the blue-red deck, and, and her abilities 
are are good enough in the the plus one and a negative two that I think that it could see play as like a one a one of uh, you know in the flex slot of a blue red Delver deck. Uh, I was watching uh, Rich Shea's vintage stream uh, the other day and he was playing. I can't remember if he was actually playing Vintage or Legacy, but he was playing against a blue-red Delver deck, and the opponent was, like, tapping and untapping mana, and people in the chat were suddenly saying, oh, he's got a Bedlam Reveler. And and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a, that's an interesting card for, like, just a straight-up blue-red shell and Vintage. Yeah. And then I was like, what if you had an empty hand with Sahili and copied your Bedlam Reveler? <laughs> That's pretty amazing, actually. Just like, oh, I've got another Bedlam Reveler in play. Let me draw three cards. Yeah, and, like, if they're Moxes or Gitaxian Probes, and you've got two Bedlam Revelers that that can attack, I mean, that's a pretty busted play. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's pretty good. So, I I, I do think she'll find a home. I think that, unfortunately, I just think she's one of those, those walkers where the ultimate is just... I, a deck for the ultimate probably can't exist, but the, for the first two abilities, I think you can you can find something for it. Yeah, I mean, look at look at um the greatest thief in the multiverse deck, Faden. You know, like do we care what his ultimate does? Not really. No, definitely not. You know, we're just we're willing to use him to loot and to uh, destroy uh, or to take over opponents' uh, creatures or, or artifacts. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just fine. So for three mana, I think you're getting your three mana's worth out of this uh, out of this card. And you know the the plus two, the plus one and negative two are fine to just keep interchanging. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, you can also with that minus two, if you need to get through or you want to for whatever reason and don't want to scry, you know, you can leave one creature back and copy the other and copy it and just attack with the copy. Yeah. So if you have like a true name nemesis. Um, that you want to, to to protect her, but you also want to get in for three on this turn because they have a fetch land and they're at four or something like that, you know? This card's um, going to be so dumb and standard, though, with Combustible Gear Hulk. Yeah. Like, we didn't Do even we talk, talk about that card yeah, let's, because let's that, hadn't been, that hadn't been talked about last week because it wasn't spoiled yet, but, like, that come-into-play ability uh, to have you either draw three cards or mill three cards and have your opponent take that damage off of Shahili is stupid. Yeah, so Combustible Gear Hulk is a 4 red red. Artifact creature construct 6-6 six, six with first strike. Uh, when Combustible Gear Hulk enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. If the player doesn't, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then Combustible Gear Hulk deals damage to that player equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Sorry, it's a it's a lot of text. Yeah, <laughs> Got a so could, I mean, just imagine if you're playing this card in standard with with Shahili and you have four of these in your deck, and you're like, oh, well, I guess it's time for me to go get three combustible gear hulks. Or does it have to be all different? It has to be all different, right? Three three gear gear hulks. Let's say you're playing any three of them. You know, are like <laughs> American gear hulk. Right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, I guess I'll just like get my pyrocl my you know cataclysm guy my. Uh, I'm going to cast a card for my graveyard guy and my combustible gear hulk or jund gear hulk or something, you know, like, yeah, geez, man, just getting three of these is, is so game over for most, for most people in, in any format. Yeah. You know, I think combustible gear hulk is interesting for legacy. I don't know if there's room for him in those big red decks, but like, 
you know, if like, so you've got sneak attack, right? Yeah. And you sneak this thing in, you get the trigger. Your opponent knows you have at least you know some amount of other huge monsters in yeah. your deck. Do you want? Do you want to? You know, it's it's seriously, it's a it's it's the original Sophie's choice as far as I'm concerned, man. Like, do you want to die from creatures or do you want to die from stupid abilities on creatures? <laughs> Uh, yeah, because like, well, the other option is though, if they make, if they let you draw three, and you have extra sneak attack mana, yeah. or you draw a lotus petal and one of these guys. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, <laughs> you're just like, oh, do is my opponent gonna draw the Emrakul, or will it matter if he draws the Emrakul and I get smashed for fifteen because the Emrakul comes off the top of the deck anyhow? You know, like uh, there's no there's no good scenario there. I, I I also thought about this having played Reanimate here for a couple days now, like. If you bring this into play, and you get, you know, it's it's the same question. Like they're, you're they're gonna they're gonna let you draw into your really cheap combo, right? You can mm-hmm. just draw into another entomb and reanimate, or they risk you holding and reanimate and you milling something horrific that they then get faced by, and then you just pull out of your graveyard. Yep. Oh man, yeah, it's just whew. so gnarly, super gnarly. What an interest! At least it's an interesting ability yeah, on the red one. I was so one. worried that the red one was going <laughs> to be terrible, but this is this is beyond my hopes and dreams, truly. Yeah, like creatures can't block this turn, or yeah, something, something like that. Insanely boring. Um, but yeah, I think that that might be everything that we didn't touch on last week that I that yep. I can see. Um, yeah, I, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's everything that I that I saw that I was like, huh. What do you think of the set? Do you think the set is good? I or do. do I, I'm super interested to to mess around with this set. Uh, you know, in in almost every format that that I can think of. You know, vintage, obviously, legacy, of course. You know, I think this this has some modern implications. And standards looking like it's going to be fun. I can't wait till uh, dragons and origins aren't aren't offered in standard anymore. It's been so long since we've had to you know just not worry about your opponent playing. Collected company, you know, like I yeah. think uh, I think it'd be great to to see a different standard format. You know, I I you know this is an eternal podcast, but I remember watching a standard pro tour and a tireless tracker just ran away with a game. I forget, I don't remember who was playing. I don't remember what the context was. But then, like the next week, like that card was in lands. Yeah, and it's like sometimes you do have to see some of these these cards in their natural habitat to sort of. Of course. Understand how you could break them. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it took people a really long time to come to come onto my ship with uh, Hooting Mandrills, but now the Hooting Mandrills rug, rug Delver train lives. It's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, how could you resist those apes? Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Zach. Yeah, uh, talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Have a good one, Nate.